one of the pastors here and also oversee uh, one of our satellite online churches. So, But I'm glad to be here this morning with you. First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10 is uh, where I want to start with. Great, uh, a great story, a great kind of life. It's been coined the Jabez prayers, but I'd like you to read the passage with me. With me, I think you can, yeah, I think you can see it. So let's read it out loud together. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, "Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory." Please be with me in all that I do, and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. That's kind of a that's kind of a strange strange line, really. When you think about it, you read his prayer and you go like, "Well, what would make him more honorable? What what makes that more honorable?" Jabez had a had a no fault of his own. He had a name given to him by his mother. Because it represented that when he was born, it represented he had, there was a lot of pain in the childbirth. And so he was branded, branded with a name that talked about that pain. And uh, if you want to, uh, you know, if you want to cause pain in people's lives, better your brother or your sister, but not to be a pain to your mother. Right? That's, that's not a good thing. You could be painful to your friends, but not your mom. And uh, Jabez had that branding on him. And yet it says, amongst all his brothers, he was more honorable. And I believe it's because of his prayer and his deep trust in God to pray this outrageous, outlandish, radical prayer. God bless me. I uh, came across a song recently that was sung a lot of years ago, Showers of Blessing, Showers of Blessing We Plead. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the blessings we plead. I thought, wow, they were singing about that way back when. Praying for blessing. Bless me, expand my territory be with me, whatever I do, and keep me from trouble and pain. I'm going to look at that in a moment. What would your life look like in the circumstances you're facing if you added one ingredient to your life, constantly, continuously, always looking to integrate this as your part of your life, and that would be the, the element of faith. We're so good at describing the problem. My, we are masterful at describing the problems we have. We can talk about it. We can share it over and over and over. The difficulties, we know it left and right, upside down and backwards. We can describe all those difficulties. But now if you take that difficulty, which you seemingly know so well, you've rehearsed it and nursed it. And, uh, and so what would that look like if you added faith now to that circumstance? Is you're getting a picture of the honorableness of Jabez. He said, God, whatever you do in my life, I'm praying for your blessing. No matter what I do, say, wherever I go, you would bless me. You'd expand my territory. Now, if you're a grain farmer or a farmer in any way, you know when you have more territory, you have a greater capacity to produce more. 
It wasn't a bigger house. It was a bigger barn. It wasn't kind of a, a bigger car. It was like a bigger truck kind of thing. I can do more. I can achieve more. I have more workers, more people, bigger vineyard that could, could do it. So his, his prayer was, give me greater capacity. That was his prayer. Give me greater capacity. And then uh, always be with me. Now, and then keep me from the trouble and pain and evil, another translation says. What would it look like? Hebrews 11.6 says, And it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. My prayer for First Assembly, my prayer for you who make up this church, as we're all members as part of this body, is that you would live an honorable life in the Jabez kind of way, in trusting God. That you would not be content with where you are, what you've achieved, what's been done, but you're praying for God, do it again. Do it again through me. Make it bigger. Make it wider. Make it more uh, significant. Like bring it on through me. Jabez was honorable and noted as being honorable because his prayer was a prayer of invitation that God would do something significant. When Jesus uh, went to the wedding, uh, first recorded miracle in, in, of Jesus, uh, they ran out of wine, as you know, and so the mother of Jesus uh, turns to the people who are serving and said, whatever that young 30-year-old man does, he's my son, whatever that man tells you to do, go and do it. And so from that action, we find that Jesus turns, he tells them to put water in the vessels, and turns water into wine. We know the story. And uh, I was discussing this with my son back at Christmas time, and he said, how did his mother know that he could turn water into wine? He said, is it possible that he'd been turning water into wine at home often? Is that possible? I never thought of I'd never, I'd had never thought of that idea. Doesn't say it. I'm only supposing but Mary had this thought, oh, we got a problem. What would faith look like if it endured the problem? Jesus instruct, instruct them what to do. When these seasoned fishermen were with uh, Jesus and were crossing the Galilee, the, the, the lake they knew well, and Jesus was not with them, but the storms came. They saw what looked like a ghost. Later, it looked like Jesus. And Peter... Honorable Peter said, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come to you. That's honorable. That's honorable in God's economy. That's honorable. I'm willing to say the word. The blind man sitting by the side of the road when everyone saw Jesus coming, he heard Jesus was coming, and the Bible says he shouted out for mercy to Jesus to notice him. When everyone said, please, quiet down, you're making a scene. He said, it doesn't matter if I'm making a scene. I'm going to ask for a miracle. Jesus, what can I do for you? I'm blind. That's an honorable prayer. I want to see. That's a, not a needy prayer. That's not a weak prayer. That is an honorable prayer. 
when the woman who had severe health issues over 12 years just continued bleeding, gone to doctors over and over, but somehow in her heart, something rose in her and she said, I, hear, I know Jesus is going to be nearby, and if I could possibly even just get near him to touch his coat, I, I'll be healed. And she was. Jesus stopped and said, I feel healing leaving me. Who was it that touched me? Because she was honorable in asking. Jabez was considered more honorable than his brothers because his prayer was outlandish, outrageous, believing God for something so supernatural through his life. That's the calling on this church, part of this church. God's calling us to be more honorable. We're not trying to compare ourselves to anybody. We just want to be honorable. When God was instructing uh, Israel to uh, leave Egypt and, and they made their way to the promised land and they got through the Red Sea, you know the story, and left Pharaoh and they came to the Red Sea and, and er, to, to the Jordan and, and God said, now go in and take the land. But they were a little nervous and scared and so, so their plan was, well, let's send in spies. And God allowed them to do the spy thing. It wasn't his, his directive, but they decided they would do these spies. They chose one spy from every tribe, and so 12 spies went in the land, and they all came back with a pretty similar report. They said, it's, it's unbelievable. It's great. I mean, everything we imagine it is. Beautiful, it's fruit, it's, it's awesome. And, and uh, you know, there's people in the land, and some of them are big, like Goliath's brothers and cousins live there. I mean, there's, there's giant people, eight, nine, some of them are eight feet tall, it's, and then 10 of them said, um, and I think, it's, I think it's too big a battle. Two of them said, based on the same information, we believe God can take us in. They're all correct. The two who said God could take them in, eventually 40 years later did. And the 10 who said God will not help us, we will be defeated, they were True, too. They died in the wilderness. So 40 years later goes by, and two people of that era of generation are still alive, Joshua and Caleb. And uh, as you know the story, Moses uh, had Joshua as the, as the leader to take him in the land. But his sidekick, uh, spy number two, Caleb, who's still alive, is still living. And he says to, look at Joshua 14, I have it on the screen. He's a little speech to his, his good buddy, Joshua. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well, as he promised, for all these 40, 45 years since the promise was given that we were going to wander in the wilderness. Today, I'm 85 years old. And I'm as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on the journey. I love that guy. And I can still travel and fight as well as I did then. So give me the hill country that the Lord has promised. You remember that as scouts, we, we found the descendants of Anak there, giants living in that area, walled cities. But if the Lord is with me, here's the outrageous prayer. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord has said. Now that is honorable to God. Because you're taking your circumstances and you're applying your faith and trust to God and faith 
pleases God. You are honorable in the, in the asking. If you could picture it, it's like the father saying to one of the angels, that's one of my kids. It's amazing they're asking for that. So I, I come across kind of the main passage I just want to look at in kind of addressing this area. It's found in Matthew 7, 7, 7 to 11. So Ma- Matthew 7, 7, 11. Okay, you can kind of get that into your, your head. Matthew 7, 7, 11. Keep on asking. Keep on asking, you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, you're going to find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Now he adds a metaphor to help us get what he's, what he's saying. You parents, if your children ask you for some bread, do you give them a stone? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, now he's bringing it in, he's bringing it home. How much more? Say how much more. How much more? How much more? Will your heavenly Father give you good gifts? Say good gifts. Good gifts to those who ask him. Not sit there and hoping, but you ask him. Now, it all begins, as you understand this passage of asking, in the perspective of the relationship. Now, I don't know your upbringing. I had a wonderful father and mother, and I've sought to be a good father for, for, for our children. And depending on where you are in your relationship, I pale in comparison to my heavenly father. And, and the metaphor here is a father could have been like a mother, but... The, the metaphor here is with a father. So, I had a had a, sometime last fall <clears throat> opportunity. A couple people were kind of sharing with me things that they were seeing, and they were commenting about my fathering to my children. And uh, they said, "You know, I really can see a picture of you. Do you have a daughter?" I said, "Yeah, I have a daughter." So I can see you almost like on a swing set with your daughter, and you're pushing her, and she's just a little girl, and you're laughing. You're just having fun laughing, and you're pushing her, and she's laughing. I actually have a video of one of those moments where I was doing that with my daughter, so I could so picture this. And it, it got a lot of warmth to my heart and joy. And then as she was sharing with me, she applied it a different direction. But as the new year unfolded for me this year, I felt that story come back to life to me, and it was like the father said, and that's how I want to be with you on the playground, and that I'm pushing you on the swing, and we're laughing together. I don't know how you picture your heavenly father, but that was kind of like, wow, I get to do this with my heavenly father, whatever I'm doing, I get to do this with him, and and the Father sees me and is pleased with it, and, and he loves me. You know, when Jesus was being baptized, do you remember the picture? Uh, he's, about, he's baptized, and then the Holy Spirit descends like a dove, and there's a voice from heaven that says, this is my loved, beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I love this guy. 
I can be as crass to say that. I love this guy, and I'm pleased with him. You go, well, you know, it's a son of God. But now, as Christians, how does the Father see us? Because Jesus lives inside of us. is no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. So as the Father sees you here today, sitting here and listening, and so forth, he looks down and he goes, I love that guy, and I'm so pleased with him. Turn to somebody beside you and says, he loves you and is pleased with you, okay? Turn to them. He loves you, and he's pleased with you. Okay, now, half-hearted, I get that, a little awkward, but I want you to really mean it this time, as if it really, God loves you, and he's really pleased with you. Really pleased with you. Because all I at times see is my failures, my mistakes, what I'm not doing, what I've done wrong, how I've blown it. And that begins to become the image of how I see myself. And the father looks down and he sees Jesus in me. And he goes, you're my son, you're my daughter. So when I read this passage, how much more will my heavenly father give good gifts I go, yeah. And then the character of the Father comes out because what he's giving is good gifts, not not pranks, you know, not silly gifts, good gifts to his children and to those who ask him. Because when you ask, you're more honorable. Tim, if you could join me on on platform for a minute and... uh, First service, I told him, totally caught him off guard, but we'll pretend, but we've done this before, okay? But let's pretend. Um, <clears throat> so uh, let's just pretend like I'm your father and you're my son. My dad's here. Oh, is he? Really? Okay. So he's much older than me, of course. We're kind of like <laughs> brothers almost, no. really. And uh, <laughs> Well. Um, but... Uh, and you have children. You have uh, yes. some wonderful children. So think of yourself even as the father of those children. And um, every morning when the family gets ready and so forth, it's become a practice in your home, I'm sure, now that it's become just a steady practice, that you'll get up and you'll make breakfast for them. Is that what, be, is that what happens? Yeah, mom usually does. Okay. But, but breakfast is what's supplied. Saturdays. That's Saturdays my, you make it. Day. One out of seven. Yeah. Okay. Got it. I got to be honest. <laughs> got it. So, <clears throat> but it's, it's almost like, it's not been verbalized, but it's almost like a promise to, to your children, or if you're my son, almost like a promise I'm making to you. I may have not written it down. I may not have told you, but it's become such a practice that it's a promise. Right, right. So if you got up every morning and saying, Dad, we're going to have breakfast this morning. Then it doesn't do it for me. Yeah. It's, it's like, how long have you lived here? Every morning we've done this? And I've done it one out of seven times every week? <laughs> and you're asking me? There's something awkward with that. So when I read this, what, what's he getting at? Well, no, what he's getting at is the promise is the breakfast. You stand on the promise. You can declare the promise. So what's the asking? Well, son, what would you like for breakfast? What would you like for breakfast today? Give, give me a... Well, I, I had a great answer in the first service, okay. but I have a better answer okay. for this. I've had some time to think about it. Dad, 
I would like you to take me to the Banff Springs Hotel <laughs> for the all-you-can-eat breakfast buffet, the greatest omelets on the planet. Please. <laughs> How's that? I don't know whose child that was, but you have something to live up to. <laughs> and I have, as a father, if I had unlimited supply like my Heavenly Father says, I'd say, that sounds like a great plan. And then if he were to say, and I'd like to bring a couple of my friends, I'd go, Let's do it. well, that would be even, wouldn't that be great to do with more people? So... There's times we get up as Christians and we're saying, God, I really want breakfast today. I really want breakfast. No, we stand on the promise that's already been given. Yes, breakfast will be there when he's saying, ask. What is he asking for? Your specific requests that you're making known to your Heavenly Father, who has unlimited potential supply. Right, right. And you say, I love that. I love that answer. Let's do that. This weekend. This weekend. (laughs) And if you're my son, I would go with you. (laughs) But your father's here. (laughs) So you guys can work it out after, okay? It's awesome. And that's honorable. And God says, no, that's honorable. You see the promises I'm laying out, but now you're asked specific request in that, yes, I have learned that God can answer in so many ways that I can trust him in it. But the ask is, here it is. And how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those asked? Hebrews 11, 1, 2 says, faith is a confidence that What we hope for will actually happen. It gives us the assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a great reputation. In Jabez, it's like in people like Jabez were more honorable. Not because they were self-sufficient, but that their relationship with their father, like the swing set and the delight of doing this together, pleases God, just like faith pleases God. There's a lot of reasons why we don't ask, and I'm, I'm not, we don't have the time this morning to go there. But the prayer of Jabez was, Lord, bless me, expand my territory, be with me, and keep trouble and evil from me. How would it look like today if God was blessing you in all the areas you're involved in, in your relationships in your place of employment, where you go to school? What would it look like today if you went home and your family was blessed? How would it look like in your neighborhood that people would see blessing? The lawyer who was crafting my mortgage a number of years ago said, wow, that's a great mortgage rate. How'd you get that? I said, I'm blessed. I said, wow, didn't expect that answer. How would it look like as people see God's blessing on you? How would it look like if God expanded your reach, expanded your territory, expanded your capacity? Both in your influence, in your resources, in your potential, in what you can deliver at school or at work. 
or how you can impact your community? What would it look like if God gave you greater reach, greater impact, greater territory? It's a selfish prayer to say, you know, I'm pretty good. I'm just going to cut back now and I'm, we're just going to live our own lives and be satisfied with what we have. I think that's a selfish prayer. I appreciate your desire to be content. But I think it's an honorable prayer to say, God, thank you for your provision. I'm believing for more. I'm asking for more. I'm trusting you for more. I believe there could be more through me. And if anybody knows me, they know it's a miracle because they know what I'm capable of. But I'm loved by you, and you're pleased with me. What would it look like if I knew that Jesus was walking with me in every circumstance, in every situation, and saying to the Holy Spirit, wow, I have no idea what to do here. Give me wisdom here. Give me some insight of what I can do. How would your day change if you knew he was walking with you? So we come to the Holy Spirit in every day and say, Holy Spirit, what do I need to, do, need to know today to do my job? What do I need to know about the market today? What do I need to know about my employees and the people I serve under? What do I need to know about the person I'm on the bus with or traveling on the sea train with? Give me a word that I can share. Maybe it's a word of hope. Maybe it's a word of encouragement. Maybe as I, one, of our, uh, one of our church members here told the story on social media of just hugging somebody on the, on the train in kind of a tumultuous uh, circumstance. That really blessed me as they just, they hugged them. They didn't have the word, they just had the action. Beautiful. Holy Spirit, how can I speak life into a situation? Everybody's negative and angry and upset about this. What, how can I speak life into this situation? How can I approach the problem I'm facing with faith and not let fear uh, crush me? Perhaps there are dead bones that need to be prophesied over. Maybe you need to go to the place of business and prophesy. You don't even own the business. Or maybe the school, you need to prophesy what you feel God's saying to do, that those are the places that God's calling you to believe for. It's honorable. He invites it. I, I, I've had, we've had great experience with our, we have two children. Wonderful experience with them. And there's times they'll ask for something in the midst of it, and it brings me delight if I have the capacity to do it. I, I think I told you a number of years ago when my son was uh, in a, traveling with a, with a team. Back, he was just a teenager, and he had spent some money. I said I'd re- reimburse him for the meals. And so we were counting up what the cost was. I'd give him the money for it. And he was giving this big tip. You know, tips big with my money, Right? That's what God wants you to do. It's his money. And I, I said to him, wow, that's a big tip. You know, was she cute? You know? He said, Dad, I knew you'd want me to be generous. Oh. I hope you meant that because that's a good answer. And what was my response? Exactly. And so the father's saying, so asked me, if, if us as earthly fathers do it like that, how much more 
how much more? Your heavenly Father who's looking on you and saying, I love that guy, I love her. I'm so pleased with her, what she's doing. Oh, yeah, but I'm really screwing up in a lot of areas. No, no, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so pleased. What are you asking for? This church has a destiny of honor on it. I was with somebody last night, and they were just inquiring about the church. They were in leadership in another place, and I said, you know, gave them a good report of what God is doing here, and I said, and there's a destiny on us here. And one of it is to be honorable like Jabez. Personally content with what God has given us, but a holy discontent of what he can flow through us in. And we're asking. I wasn't prepared to tell the story. I would have looked it up to make sure I got all the details right. But I think it's Brennan Manning in his book. Tells a story of a, of a golfer, professional golfer, a number of years ago, going to Middle East, and he was golfing for one of the kings in in the, in the Middle East area. And uh, he was doing it. The king had invited him. It was very prestigious. And they golfed uh, the course. And, and so they had a great time. And at the end of it, the, the king said to the golfer, professional golfer, he said, uh, I would like to give you a gift and thank you for being here. And the golfer said, I'm, you know, but he knew the tradition of that country. So he said, well, you don't have to, but, you know, I collect golf clubs. You know what? That would be a nice. That would be nice if you want to do something. That would be nice, be meaningful to me. So the next morning, as he was packing up and getting to leave, there's a knock at the door, and there was someone at the door with an envelope. And uh, as he closed the door and opened up the envelope, he realized that he was given the deed to a golf club. <laughs> Not a golf club, but a golf club. And Brennan, at the end of it, the line that I love, Brennan, at the end of it, says, so when you're in the presence of the king, ask big. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Not because we're needy, But somehow God has given us a picture of what his purpose is. And to fulfill that purpose will be miraculous. And how much more fun would it be if he's pushing me in that swing and we can do it together. And you. And laughing. Because he's delighted in us. I know when I share like this, the Holy Spirit is speaking to people about things. Something's popping into your mind. And I, I uh, if you're around me very long, I have a three-by-five card. I, have, I always have technology with me, but I somehow interact with some kind of paper. I just have it open, and I jot down things. I feel so that this was this week I was in a meeting, and as they were sharing, I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me about some things. So I just kind of try to take that and put, maybe put it into a journal eventually. But there's something the Holy Spirit is saying to you, and you need to mark this day because there's a destiny on us. And when you're around us, you're around honorable people who are asking big. And what is it the Holy Spirit is saying to you, through you? Because what you're asking for, honestly, we need it. And that's what he's stirring you to do. 
And don't be selfish and say, I'm not going to ask big. Because as a body, my, my um, yeah, just real quick, my, my, uh, both my kids were avid athletes, played in university, and, and they would train through their sport, you know, dry land training kind of thing. And the one element was is so that your whole body would be tuned and strengthened equally for the task. So their sport was soccer, so it would be easy just to train your legs and so forth, but they'd learn to strengthen all the elements of the body so that in, in the production of the sport, you could do all the things necessary. And you know what? You're, you're the left hand, and you don't lose a left hand in soccer, but we need you strong here. And so I'm appealing to you to be honorable and allow the Spirit of God to flow through you because this is an honorable church and there's great things God's desiring to do in us and through us. That'll be amazing. But it's all of us doing it together. We don't need just one big, you know, bicep. You've all seen the bodybuilders who work on their upper body, and then they put shorts on, and you go, what happened down there? you got twigs as legs. What's going on? We need all of it. And God's speaking to you today about what that is, and he'll unfold that in more and more ways. I'd like you to stand with me, please. Worship team's coming. I want to pray for you, and then we're going to pray for each other, and then we're going to dismiss. Father, I just pray for each one here today as we've gathered that you're speaking to our hearts to ask big. And yeah, we're going to blow it. And maybe we're a bit over the top with Banff, uh, Lord. But honestly, honestly, you know what? You love that. And Father, we just want to be in tune with what you're saying to us and what you're calling us to. That honors you. That's honorable. It honors you because we trust you. And, and Father, we trust that you're working through us. So uh, Father, whatever's popping in our mind, we would jot that down. We'd make that a prayer. We're going to ask it of you. We're going to ask it of you. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Everyone. Because we have a good, good Father. He's working that through. And I'm praying, Father, in Jesus' name, whatever that is, that Lord is there. We'd speak that out. We'd declare. We'd pray and ask you. We know your promise is provision, but now we're praying specifically for what you're going to be accomplishing through us as you speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Take the hand of the person beside you, left and right side, if you can. And Lord, our brothers and sisters are here. The value of us coming together, one of them is to build in courage and encouragement in their hearts and lives and praying for each other. So I pray the Lord, whatever's holding them back, Lord, the heaviness, the difficulties would be broken off of them in Jesus' name. And I pray they'd see their destiny and calling on their lives purposes, strengthen them. We pray for needs met. We pray for, Lord, not only the need, but above and beyond. Pressed down, shaken together, and as my friend said, a little wastage running over. And you can never collect what runs on the dirt, but you're so delighted because you can do it, Lord. So we pray that would be done in Jesus' name. On our left, we just pray strengthen, healing in their bodies, Lord. Restoring in their bodies. For those on our right, pray that you'd give them, and Lord, they'd walk in the mind of Christ and see circumstances as you see them have that ingredient of faith. So Lord, we thank you today. We pray for your power to be made evident in our lives and through our lives. That pleases you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Well, I'm glad I was here today. And uh, 
Fawn's going to lead us in worship. There's going to be some of our prayer team here if you want prayer. But before you go, give somebody a handshake or a hug and say, I needed that this morning. God bless you. God be with you.